Not too long ago, science fiction was a genre completely dominated by white male authors. And what's more, the characters reflected that demographic. However, today, readers enjoy a far more diverse universe due in large part to the first widely successful female African-American science fiction writer, Octavia E. Butler. Historically, a lot of production was white male dominated. And if you think of Butler's life in particular, she was somebody who you know, struggled to just make ends meet. She was working all sorts of factory and service jobs, getting up at 2 a.m. to write, trying to find a big break that only came for her fairly late in her life when she won the MacArthur Grant. For most of her life, she was the only black woman who was making a living writing science fiction and is widely credited for the explosion of particularly black women science fiction writers that we have now but as well as just diversifying the genre in general and has been an amazing inspiration to many of the best writers working today. That's Jerry Canavan, assistant professor of 20th and 21st century literature at Marquette University and author of Octavia E. Butler, an installment of the Modern Masters of Science Fiction series. According to Canavan, few sci-fi authors before Butler and another science fiction writer of color, Samuel Delaney, ever imagined a world where blacks, Hispanics, or Asians might also live. Even Butler's editors at one time raised objections to her writing about characters of color unless they were purple. Both Butler and Samuel Delaney had lots of versions of this question that they encountered from different types of editors who felt that they shouldn't include people of color in their science fictions because then the entire story would become about race rather than about the ideas or about the future or about the technology or anything else. So once you inject race into the story, the history of white and black in the real world, people can't think about anything else. And her position in the piece we excerpt in my book is that, well, let's think about those things. Why should we stop thinking about those things? They're very important and they matter. Butler addressed this issue in a seminal article titled Lost Races of Science Fiction. She's writing about this difficulty she had in kind of interjecting herself into science fiction as a genre, as a genre that didn't necessarily want to talk about race very much. And if it did, it wants to allegorize it as being about purple aliens from some other planet. And so she didn't like this kind of sense of erasure at all. She said, you know, we need to talk about real issues in science fiction, including race. You can't just erase this question. And so, so much of her work was in part about writing herself and people like her into a future that didn't necessarily have a ton of place for them. For example, in her most famous book titled Kindred, she writes about time travel. She's writing in part about how different it is for a black woman to go back in time than a white man. A white man can go back in time and kind of see the past as an empty space to be conquered or a way to use his knowledge of the future to gain advantage. But a black woman who goes back in time sees herself at risk of being enslaved. So that story kind of turns time travel fantasy on its head in this kind of incredibly clever way. And so much of her stories do that. She has a vampire novel. She has an alien invasion novel. She has a kind of novel about mutants who take over the world in the future. And in all of these stories, you see how her status as a black woman transforms what are otherwise the kind of obvious assumptions of science fiction in a way. Canavan says thanks to Butler, the genre has made progress toward diversification. We're kind of getting away finally from this assumption that everything has to be anchored from the perspective of white men. And you also see a, a science fiction genre that is now able to 
you know, in some fundamental way, market itself to populations that aren't white and male. And so some of the projects that she worked on in her life, like she had attempted to put together an anthology of black science fiction writers, and it never came together for a variety of reasons. Now, we see this kind of proliferation of writers of not just black writers, not just writers of color, but writers from all kind of orientations and identity categories now being able to publish their science fiction. The African-American female writer N.K. Jemison has won two Hugo Awards back to back the first time any author has done that in 25 years. Butler herself won all the major awards in science fiction, including the Hugo and Nebula Awards. So you're seeing this kind of explosion of interest in diverse perspectives that's getting better and better. It's not quite to where parity would be, but there's been a massive improvement. I think if Butler were still alive, she'd be really amazed. We're also seeing finally some of Butler's work being optioned for television, including her series Dawn. In her work, Butler grapples with the concept of otherness and explores how people with different ideas and different orientations can come together. Across science fiction history and her stories, too, when you meet the aliens, you don't know if you're going to murder them or make love to them, right? I mean, that's like the classic kind of Star Trek paradigm that she was a big Star Trek fan and loves those kinds of stories. And so there's this desire to encounter something that's truly different from you and also this kind of terrified fear of what it would mean to meet something different or to become something different. And so, so many of her stories are dealing with that. The popularity of blockbuster franchises like Star Wars, Star Trek, and Guardians of the Galaxy proves that the world loves science fiction. Fans love to speculate about what human societies in the future or in alternate worlds might be like. But it's the characters we love that make the stories relatable. One of the things that is so important about science fiction is this confrontation with the present, right? This sense that, you know, since the Industrial Revolution and the various technological revolutions that have come since, we're constantly trying to catch up to the present, right? It seems the world is changing so often, and science fiction gives us a vocabulary to think about that. So the ideas are certainly important. But without the characters and that kind of one-to-one -one identification that people get, you really don't have a genre that functions, right? I mean, characters are so important, and that's why the diversification and representation of these stories is so important, that finally all sorts of different people can kind of see themselves in the future in a way they hadn't been able to before. And that's what was so important to Butler and the other Afrofuturist writers, to depict a future that wasn't just all white and all male. Even though Butler died in 2006 at the age of 58, her work constantly attracts new readers. She seems to speak so directly to our present that I think people really are constantly discovering her. Every day on Twitter, I see new people finding her and having their minds blown. To learn more about this topic and our guest, Jerry Canavan, head to viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes and to support our show, follow Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This segment originally aired in May 2019 and was written by Polly Henson. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints. When you have lawmakers that create systematic policies that are really only set up to favor people with deep pockets, then you have the rise of corporate industry taking over. Who's really profiting from the growing cannabis industry? Then. It's not just somebody angry at a school board meeting. It's how maybe an entire set of school librarians in one school district are afraid of going to jail. So they're going to remove whatever books might get them in trouble. The growing movement to ban controversial books. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. 
These stories in depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. That's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Viewpoints.